I haven't got tired of watching that video yet. But one thing that we can celebrate this morning is a Super Bowl without the Patriots. How about that? Okay. And being the only Patriot fan that I know in my entire life, that's okay. So, well, good morning and welcome. Thanks so much for coming out this morning and joining us for the service. Uh, today's the third and final teaching um, in our Habits series, and the title for today is Stopping. And uh, just a couple thoughts to kind of bring you up to speed for the first two, the first two parts of this, of this sermon series was, uh, a thought from week one was, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Our life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. And then last week, we looked at starting habits with the question, based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to start? And we took a look at, at Daniel in the book of Daniel and how his small habits took him to the place that he wanted to be. Small habits, big results. Small habits, big results. And when I watch that video and when I think of that thought, you have to realize this. Small habits, big results, that cuts both ways. Small good habits bring big results. Small bad habits bring big results also. So again, today we'll be looking at stopping and breaking bad habits, being able to interrupt. We, we did that habit cycle, being able to interrupt and eliminate habits that take us down a path that we never planned to go. So here's something that, that I can say with a pretty clear understanding this morning is this. I know what you want. I know what you want. And it's not because I'm a prophet. I'm certainly not a prophet. Or it's not because I'm the pastor or one of the pastors. It's not because of any of those things. It's because we're all pretty much the same in those things. Not with the very minute specifics, but with the big things. We all desire to have meaningful and fulfilling relationships. We all desire to be stable financially, to do the things that we've dreamed of doing. Spiritually, most of us desire to have a deep and a vital relationship with our Creator and the peace that comes from being in our created purpose of relationship with Him. We all desire to live long lives, to have good health, and to step into eternity believing that we've made a difference in this world and we've made an impact on those that we leave behind. I have never met anybody in my life. I haven't done millions and millions of counseling appointments, but I, again, I haven't met anybody that has a goal to wreck and to destroy all the relationships with those that are close to them. I've never met anybody who plans to overspend and end up in bankruptcy. Um, I've never met anybody who purposely chooses a path that takes them to the end of their life in poor health and facing eternity apart from God. And yet, we all know people that end up there. Here's a quote that says, now yells louder, but later lasts longer. Now yells louder, but later last longer. Rarely do we end up in the wrong place because of one bad choice. Ending up in the wrong place comes from one step at a time, one day at a time, one bad habit at a time, responding to the now without regard to consequences. Bad habits are easy at first, and they seem to have an immediate payoff, while good habits 
are difficult at first, and the payoff is down the road, okay? So now yells louder, but later lasts longer. We're going to start, if you, if you had an outline today or on your, your version app, you can go ahead and open up your outline. We're going to jump to point two. We'll go back to point one at the end of the service. So point two on your outline is identifying and acknowledging the bad habit. Identifying and acknowledging the bad habit. Who do you want to be? What's your goal? What's your plan? Where are your habits taking you? What's preventing you from reaching your goals? I've heard it said that you cannot defeat what you cannot define. You can't defeat what you can't define. If we could play it forward, connect the dots, to see the end result of our bad habits, would we continue in them? Would we continue in them? I have a slide that's a little bit humorous. I would find it funny. Is called Hindsight is 2020. <laughs> it's early. It's early. Okay. Uh, hindsight is 2020. And um, I like that one too. Um, it's, it's pretty easy, although painful, to look back in our life at the I wish I would have lists. Does anybody have a I wish I would have list? I wish I would have quit smoking when I was 30 instead of last week and now I'm dying of lung disease. I wish I would have canceled my unlimited dessert card at the local buffet and now I'm suffering with diabetes. I wish I would have stopped my habits of pornography, drug abuse, alcohol. I've lost my wife, my husband, my family, my career. I wish I would have done a better job at mending broken relationships because now I'm alone and despondent. I took some time over the last two weeks to, I did a couple impromptu interviews. And I, I talked to people because in my mind, uh, uh, addictions and people that, that, that go through addiction and recovery are probably, they have a story. And I, and I really wanted to hear, hear those stories. And, and uh, I heard the same thing from all those stories, all those people that I talked to, same basic stories. And they said this, I thought I could control it. I didn't think I would end up there. I didn't think that that would happen to me. So they were able to connect the dots but they were deceived in thinking that it wouldn't happen to them. They were deceived in thinking, oh, I can pursue this habit and it's not going to happen to me. So identifying and acknowledging habits that are destructive and taking, uh, and taking you down the wrong path, it requires courage and it requires honesty and it requires a solid plan to stop. A solid plan to stop. And that takes us to point three, on the outline, which simply says, stop it. Now, I have a can here of stop it. And it says, behavioral control device, caution, overuse may cause addiction. Now, they give you one of these when you get your pastor kit. And the one that I ordered, the one that I ordered was called the log in your eye version. Because when I squirt it to somebody that says, stop it, it squirts 10 times as much back in my eye. Okay, and I wish it was this easy. 
I wish there was a, a spray in a can that would stop it and help you stop your bad habits, but unfortunately, there's not. Proverbs 4, verses 14 and 15 is a very straightforward, it's hard to get around this, there's not much wiggle room in this. It says, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it, do not go on it, turn away from it, and pass on. So last week we looked at the habit cycle, and, and we need to learn, there's, there's a habit cycle for good and there's a habit cycle for bad, it's the same cycle, and we need to learn how to, how to break that bad habit cycle, to take those action steps, to identify those cues and triggers that move us towards actions and routines. And I think one of the best ways that we can do that is looking at, looking at God's Word and looking at stories in God's Word of guys who chose the wrong path, and the big domino fell in a bad way, okay? So um, go ahead and open your Bibles or your, your phone app. Uh, there's a Bible in front of you, and uh, open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 7. And uh, right at, if you're not familiar with where, if you open your Bible right in half, if you go to Psalm, find, you find yourself in Psalms, go to the right. If you find yourself in Ecclesiastes, go to the left. And Proverbs is right in between there. And I'm going to read uh, three or four verses for you. I'll give you a second to get there. I'm purposely skipping the first five verses because we're going to get back to those at the end. And this is what it says in Proverbs chapter 7, verses 6 through 10. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice, and I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. So... I love the Hebrew language because when, you, when you, you heard those words that I read, uh, you know, the, the young man devoid of understanding. When, when we really look at that, what that means, it talks about a young man who was devoid of understanding. He was lacking wisdom. He was lacking common sense. He had no disciplines and he had no resolve or determination to pursue a right course. So I think you could easily conclude that he was in a bad habit cycle, that cues and triggers were bringing forth actions and routines, and his actions and routines, his habits, moved him towards his perceived rewards. That's that habit cycle. He was in a bad habit cycle. They were moving him towards his perceived, uh, perceived reward. And here it is, in moving on to verse 21 and 22 of Proverbs chapter 7, it says, with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield with her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. So here's what we need to know and understand. This was not a one-time mistake. This wasn't a mistake that this young man chose this path. It wasn't an accident. It was his habit that took him on the path to her house. He knew the way well because of his habits. His small steps, those small steps, those small habits, developed a well-worn path in her direction. And again, because of that, that big domino 
would fall. So um, with that story as, as, the, as the context, let's think about what are some things that we can do to break that bad habit cycle? What are some of the things that we can do, some intentional steps that we can take? So here's a, here's a few thoughts. Point A in your outline is to eliminate the cues and the triggers, to eliminate the cues and the triggers. Again, back to uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 7. Let me just reread uh, a couple of those verses for you. Uh, it said, the writer says, I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. A young man devoid of understanding. It doesn't appear, it doesn't appear that he was surrounding himself with wise, disciplined, and determined friends. I don't think that's what those other fellows in that group could be described as. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Do not be deceived. Bad company rules good morals. And for you baby boomers out there, we're not talking about the band. <laughs> Was bad company anybody's? Did anybody? Okay. All right. I got a few hands. So uh, bad company... Um, ruins good morals. So here's a question for all of us. Who do we want to surround ourselves with? Who have you chosen to surround yourself with? Is it people who can pull us up to their level of spiritual maturity or people who will happily pull us down to theirs? You choose that you choose your friends. You can't choose your family. You can choose your friends, okay? What do you choose to do in that? Again, Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So again, ask yourself the question, who do you want to become? What path do you want to be on? And after you answer those questions, you need to look at your life, we need to look at our lives, and to distance ourselves and to eliminate anything and disassociate with anybody that moves us towards actions and routines away from where we want to be. And that might sound harsh. We have to disassociate with our friends. Well, if they're a friend that's encouraging you to go in a direction that you don't want to go, then yeah, yeah, sometimes that's what you have to do. Now, Years ago, in my, in my uh, corporate career, um, I had multiple, multiple, multiple offers throughout my career for advancement and for promotions in that career. And every time I considered those, I looked at what my goals were in life. And my goals were to be a good father, a good husband, and a good Christ follower. Well, I had attended enough of corporate uh, gatherings to know that there were cues and triggers in that lifestyle that would not take me to where I wanted to be. Nights alone away from home in a hotel. Uh, mandatory social time with coworkers. Travel. All of that stuff away from home. None of those things were things that would help me move into the direction that I wanted to go and that I knew God wanted me to go. So I had to turn those things down, which was fine. God honored that and God blessed that uh, because of that choice. So again, intentionally removing ourselves from cues and triggers that take us in the wrong direction. 
point B, breaking the bad to break the bad habit cycle, make it unattractive. Make it unattractive. On the back side of your outline, if you have an outline in front of you this morning, you'll see some other scriptures that I want you to, I, I want you to go home and read those or read them in your small group. And there are stories of both uh, King David and the story of Samson. And both of these stories parallel the story that we're looking at in Proverbs chapter 7. So again, I would, I would encourage you uh, to read those. And back again to the, uh, the book of Proverbs. Let me read these two of these in the third verse that we looked at before about making it unattractive. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know that it would cost him his life. He did not know that it would cost him his life. The young man in this story, Proverbs 7, did not plan to end up where he did again, but his habits took him there. And the same exact story holds true in the story of King David, for instance, the story of King David and Bathsheba. I don't think for a minute that that was his first trip to the rooftop to sightsee. I believe it was a habit, and I believe that he knew what the reward was if he went to the rooftop. Not only was he in the wrong place at the wrong time, he wasn't supposed to be there. It was the season that the kings were out to battle, but he was on the rooftop. I think it was a series of his habits that took him there. Again, it wasn't the first time. It wasn't a mistake that he saw her. It was an intentional choice, I believe. And in the same way in the story of Samson, uh, I believe that Samson had a habit. He had a bad habit of that second and that third and that fourth, maybe, look at an attractive woman. I think that was his habit, and he fell because of that habit. That big domino fell because of that habit. So we need to make those habits unattractive by playing it forward to, to see the end of where the habit will take us, being able to connect the dots uh, of the consequences. There's consequences to our habits. There's consequences to our actions. And we need to be able to look forward and see what those things will bring. And, and we're fooling ourselves if we take the line, well, that won't happen to me. That won't happen to me. I can, I can, I can look at the, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. That won't take me to pornography. It won't happen to me. That can't happen to me. Um, why do we think it wouldn't happen to us? Why do we think we're any different in that? We all do. And that's a deception. So don't fall for that deception. There's a quote that says this, the secret to permanently breaking any bad habit is to love something more than the habit. And I'm going to be a little bit sarcastic. Well, I'm always sarcastic a little bit. I'll, be, I'll up my sarcasm game. That's, 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 a, that's a great that's a great quote. That's an interesting and a great quote. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. The enemy, the one that wants to destroy us, whispers this great lie into your ear. You can have it all. You can have it all. You can love your husband more and also love another man who really listens to your heart. Or you can love your wife more and also love oogling other women just to appreciate their God given beauty. Or you can love your family more and also love the high that you get from workaholism or drugs or alcohol or pornography. 
The lie says you can love God more than anything else and also love sin. That's a lie. That's a deception of the enemy. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever man sows, that he will also reap. We need to make our bad habits unattractive, to play it forward, to see the outcome, to connect those dots, to understand that there's consequences, both good consequences for good habits and bad consequences for bad habits. Point C on your outline, to break the habit cycle, we need to make it difficult. We need to make it difficult. Uh, You need to separate yourselves again from the cues and triggers by developing personal roadblocks or personal convictions. Um, The I don't go there covenant. You need to make a I don't go there covenant. I don't do this behavior covenant. Uh, Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? He'd made a covenant with his eyes that he wasn't going to take that second, third, and fourth look. Okay? Back to Proverbs uh, chapter 7, verses 8 and 9 again. Say this. In the twilight, oh no, let me back up to verse 8. Passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and there a woman met him. He took the path to her house in the evening, in the black and dark night. Stay away from the cover of darkness. Bring your habits into the light. And what do I mean by that? Some simple things. If you have a habit of staying up late at night after your spouse has gone to bed and randomly searching the internet, regardless of what your motive is, you're doing that while your spouse is in bed asleep, stop it. Don't do that. Don't don't do those habits. Bring it into the light. Eliminate it and make that habit difficult to do. Bring it into the light. James 1.21 says, so get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able to save you. We need to break the bad habit cycle. Interestingly enough, I don't type, so I, I dictate these notes. And every time I said bad habit cycle, it said Bad habit psycho. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I should probably leave it because it probably describes it a little bit better. A bad habit psycho, you know. And, and many of us are psycho in, in, uh, in our bad habits. And so um, here's, the th- here's the thing about, about making it difficult and having things that are hidden. There is a great, a great freedom in having no secrets. I'm a firm advocate of having no secrets. I mean, I'm not telling you to tell the world, but have no secrets. Secrets are a dark place and can take you to a dark place. And here's the the interesting thing, is the one who matters the most already knows what your secrets are. Point D, make them unsatisfying. Don't surround yourself consistently like the young fool did with those who don't have your eternal best in mind. Choose your friends wisely. Make yourself accountable to someone who has the permission and the wisdom to speak truth into your life. That's who you want near to you. 
if you want to pursue a direction that is pleasing to God. Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Surrounding yourself with a community of like-minded people. One of our purpose statements here at the church says this, Verde Valley Christian Church exists to help each of us take steps from wherever we are to where God wants us to be by growing us in grace and truth through Jesus Christ in relationships designed by Him. Accountability relationships are critical. We need people in our lives to point out our blind spots. We have blind spots. If you, we have blind spots and we're deceived. So if you don't believe you have blind spots, then it's because you're deceived. Okay? We all have them. We all have them in our life. And we need people, and we need to give permission to people in our lives to, uh, uh, to point out those blind spots. So again, God's plan for us is to be involved in God-honoring relationships with fellow believers. And when our bad habits are confessed to, or when they're exposed by someone who loves us and wants God's best for us, that process, it's painful. And it's even embarrassing. I don't like that. Do I need it? Yeah. Do I like it? No, I don't like it a bit. Because it requires, it requires a humbling. It humbles you. And sometimes it's painful uh, to be humbled. Uh, but it does help us come to the right conclusion that those bad habits should be unsatisfying to us. Okay? Uh, they, we need to understand that they're taking us to a place that we really don't want to go. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Yeah, I agree. Discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. We need accountability to others if we really desire to be who God wants us to be. Uh, if you don't have a small group, we have group link. David talked about group link this morning. Sign up for group link. See if you could get involved. Um, and here's, here's a perfect example of, of bringing stuff into the light and having some accountability. Uh, and and uh, I, I uh, fortunately got to attend driving school for a driving infraction. And in that driving school, in that driving school, I learned that I was an angry driver. Really, it's, it's serious. It's like I can read God's Bible, His Word every day and pray, and yet I had to go to driving school to realize I was an angry driver. That I had some pride issues <laughs> that... I thought I was more important than the guy that wasn't going fast enough in front of me and, and, and that kind of thing. And so um, there's nothing like some of those things being brought out in the public. Like, you know, uh, I can relate to a story like this. You're cut off in traffic and you give that person the one-way Jesus thing but with the wrong finger. And then you realize it's your accountability partner and you're the pastor. Now, that wasn't me. It might have been 20 years ago. I'll be honest with you. It might have been 20 years, but that wasn't me. So we need to make those bad habits unsatisfying. We need to expose them and stop it and stop it. Point five on your outline is there is hope. If you're stuck in the bad habit cycle, if you're, if you're going down a path that, that, that you really don't want to go down, there is hope. And so, uh, again, I don't, I don't stand or sit up here today and say that this stopping bad habits is easy or that I have this down. Uh, it doesn't have a simple solution. It's a lot of hard work. And so um, last week I had the, the privilege of attending um, uh, a graduation ceremony down at Teen Challenge in Phoenix. And three, three men were graduating from that program. There were 50 or more men in that program. And, and all of the men there, from young uh, to old, 
they enter that, that, that process, that, that uh, situation to be able to uh, get their lives cleaned up and get their lives together. And they, they have to take courageous steps to leave their old life, to enter that program. And the testimonies that I heard when I was there uh, all said this, it takes more than courage. It takes more than hard work. Uh, it's not just enough to separate yourself from the old ways, but it takes surrender. It takes a trust and belief in a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. A God who has promised to complete the good work that he has began in us. So we can have hope. And our hope in having victory over bad habits is in the confident expectation of what God has promised with the strength of our hope in his faithfulness. The strength of our hope is in his faithfulness. Here's another quote. You can affect some life change with a change of your habits, but you cannot have God-honoring life transformation that has eternal significance without the Word of God and the Holy Spirit's leading and empowering. That's what it takes. So if you hear nothing else today other than, um, than this, l- listen to this. It, it doesn't matter where you are right now. It, what matters is that God loves you, and he has a good and perfect plan for your life. His promises are real. His strength is available. All he asks us to do is to turn towards him, surrender to him, and he will lead you on his path and into his plan and give you the abundant life that he's promised you for the here and now and for eternity. Jumping back to point one on your outline, I don't want you to fill in anything in point one, but I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to go home or go back to your small group or whatever, however you do that, and I want you to read all of Proverbs 7 because the first five verses, it gives the solution to the problem before it gives you the story. So read all of that, Proverbs chapter 7, to see how that works out, and then put a plan in place Make a plan, make an intentional plan to pursue God in his path and to break those bad habits. I want to end with Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. So read through that, and then I'll pray to close us. Let's pray. Father, our greatest desire is to be in constant abiding relationship with you. So, Father, we pray that you would make known to us your ways, that you would teach us your paths, that you would clearly show us those habits that are taking us away from where you want us to be. Father, lead us. You've promised that you'll lead us and strengthen us. So lead us in your truths and teach us. We confess that you are indeed the God of our salvation. You have saved us. You have rescued us. You have a good plan for us. Father, lead us in that. Our desire is for you. May we continue to pursue you in all we do. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'd like to remind you we have a prayer team over to my left, your right, that would be happy to pray for you. Anything that, that, uh, that God has put in your heart, please go over there and let them pray for you. And uh, won't you join us next week where we'll be 
hearing about 2020 vision clarity. Thank you, guys. Side of me.